Hey, 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 happy Saturday, family. Blessed be the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I am so excited this morning. I'm so blessed. I want to share with you guys a little testimony. The Lord is just so awesome. So um, I don't know how many of you were able to listen to the podcast, Pray Like Daniel. But in that podcast, I was coming out of the book of Daniel 9 and how Daniel was praying you know, for all of Israel. He wasn't just praying for himself or his family. He was praying for all of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was just beckoning me and drawing me to pray internationally, that the importance of praying internationally and on a corporate level, that we go beyond our church, go beyond our home, go beyond our community, that we really go far and wide in our prayer and intercession. And that was really what that podcast was about, to really go beyond, you know, go beyond in prayer and go into Israel and go into Saudi Arabia and go into Kenya in your prayer time before the Lord. And God was so merciful that on Thursday, I met with a man named Daniel who was sharing his testimony with me that God has called him to Greece. Hallelujah. (laughs) That in his, you know, in his walk with God, God just drawed him and you know, told him to take his family and go on missions. And he's now building a church in Greece. He will be leaving on Tuesday. Can I tell you that really charged me up for the Holy Spirit to put that on my spirit last week, Saturday. And then for me to encounter a man of God who heard the call to go into all the world to preach the gospel on Thursday. I'm super, super excited because God is moving. God is breathing on everything that he's saying that, you know, when you hear God speak, you have to be obedient. I thank God that I was obedient and really came and talked with you guys on a podcast. And I pray that you begin to pray internationally and you went into all the four corners of the earth with your prayers because God is sending his sons and his daughters to these places and we need to pray. And we need to pray that the spirit of God meet them there, that angels meet them there because God is really moving in this time. And I was so really grateful to just listen to his testimony and listen how God was leading him. And it was just awesome. And before he left, I thank God for the opportunity that I got a chance to pray with him. And we pray for one another. And like I I said even in a podcast I said so just like God will have you pray for someone in Kenya he will have someone in Kenya praying for you and I thought that was awesome that I'm standing with this man that I've never met before who just heard the voice of the Lord to send him to Greece you know and we're talking, we're praying. I pray for him. He prayed for me and he will be going to Greece on Tuesday. So I pray that you will labor with me. I pray that you would partner with me and praying with my friend Daniel and his family as God takes him on this mission, as God takes him on his journey. Let's pray for his strength. Let's pray for his provision. Let's pray that God continuously do all that he's doing in his life, that he be a blessing to those in Greece and that God will be able to use him mightily as he shares the word of God. Amen. Amen. I'm so excited. Excited. Like I was just super excited with that and I just had to share that. So as you saw the title of this message, The Fool, um, I was reading Psalms 14 and the Bible says in Psalms 14, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have committed abominable deeds and there is no one who does good. Now, for a long time, when I read this scripture, I always thought about the unbeliever. I always thought, well, the unbeliever is the one who's saying there's no God. But with closer study and closer time in the presence of God and a closer look through the word of God, um, the Holy Spirit was really ministering to me that that's not what that means. A fool has said in his heart. And I think that's what I really didn't really pay attention to. A fool has said in his heart. Now, 
We have to come to the understanding that everything that comes out of our mouth is not what's going on in our heart. Amen. So there is a lot of people who are saying they're Christians. There are a lot of people who are saying that they love God, but in their heart, they got something else going on. So as I was reading this, I wanted to really break it down. And the Lord was taking me through many scriptures pertaining to the heart and pertaining to what people say with their mouth, but what's going on in their heart. And that's another thing that the Lord has been dealing with me with as far as getting my heart together. Uh, making sure that my heart is right before God, because we all can say anything, but what is really going on in our heart. So the fool says in his heart, there is no God, but let me take you to another scripture. Um, I want to take you to Jeremiah nine, eight. It says their tongue is a deadly arrow. It speaks deceit. With his mouth, one speaks peace to his neighbor, but inwardly in the heart, he sets to ambush him. Mm. So a fool says in his heart, there is no God. And how do a fool say in his heart, there is no God? Proverbs 21, 2 says, all deeds are right in the sight of the doer, but the Lord weighs the heart. So I question you today, what are your deeds? Because you can say that you love God all day, every day with your mouth. But what are your deeds? What are the fruit that you're bearing? Are you really living like a born again believer? Are you truly living as a man and woman of God? Not just on Sunday morning, but in your private life. What are you doing? Because God is a God who searched the heart. It says all deeds are right in the sight of the doer. But the Lord weighs the heart. The Lord weighs their heart. Titus 1.16 says, they profess to know God, but their deeds, they deny him, being detestable and disobedient and worthless for any good deed. I had to really share this because this is what God is really dealing with right now. He is coming soon, family. The sky is about to crack open and there are going to be many of us who think we're on the right track. As the Bible says in Proverbs 21 you're going to think your deeds are right. You're going to think that what you're doing is okay. And the truth of the matter is, is not because you did not examine yourself. You did not take your, your actions and your deeds and line them up with the word of God and see if God is pleased. They profess to know God, but their deeds, they deny him being detestable and disobedient and worthless for the, any for any good deed. And it's so important that we be careful. We be careful what we're doing because, you know, I had to tell one of my friends, I said, you have the luxury of maturing in private, but I have to mature in public. The moment a person hears that you are a born again believer or you're a pastor or you're a deacon or you're a minister, you are now being examined from head to toe and that everything that I do is under a microscope. And as born again believers, we're under a microscope to the world. People are looking to find fault left and right. People are looking to say hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. They're looking for a reason not to obey God. They're looking for a reason not to draw nigh to the well that will never run dry. But if it take one Christian, if it take one person that will be obedient to the to the leading of the Holy Spirit of God, that will give them a different perspective. 
to say, you know what, maybe there's something to this Jesus man. Maybe there's something to this because how you're living your life and how your deeds are and the fruit that you are bearing. Look in First Timothy 4, 2. It says, by means of hypocrisy, of lies seared in their own conscience as with a burning iron. I'm going to read that to you in a New Living Translation. It says, these people are hypocrites and liars and their consciousness, their conscience are dead. Their conscience is dead because they've gotten to a point that they think that their deeds are right. They think that their deeds are right. And it's not. Second Timothy 4, 3 says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. When you get to a point that your conscience is dead, when you get to a point that you have sinned to the point that you don't have no conviction in your heart, that you really believe that what you're doing is right, sound doctrine is going to irritate you. Sound doctrine is going to frustrate you. You're not going to, it said it accumulate, which means they went to look for leaders and pastors that will tickle their ears, that will give them what they want to hear. The prosperity gospel or the just speaking blessings or, oh, just, oh, the grace will cover it. But anything that declares repentance, anything that declares purity and holiness and righteousness, they run away from. So I came on here today because I want you to examine yourself and say, where's my heart right now? Where's my heart right now? Am I professing to know God, but my deeds deny him? Am I being disobedient? Because if you are, then we, we are Proverbs. We are Proverbs 14. The fool has said it in his heart. And I had to go to God and I had to repent. Because so often we, we don't examine ourselves to what God is really looking for us. We examine ourselves to the views of the world and not through the Bible. And the only standard that we should be really standing on is the word of God. And if you're going to profess God with your mouth, you need to profess God with your walk. You need to profess God with your deeds. You need to profess God with your actions. Because eventually we will get over to a time where God, which I pray not, will give you over to a retrobate mind. When you consistently be obedient, when you consistently live a life that you want to live, that's right in your own sight, when you want to continuously sin, God is going to give you over to a retrobate mind. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of life, but the gift of God is eternal life. And you got to want the gift of life. You truly got to want the gift of life because see the enemy, the enemy is looking, the enemy is looking for opportunity. I love Romans seven twenty three. Paul, I have said this on a few times, but it is so real. Paul said, but I see a different law in my members warring against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner to the law of sin which is in my, my members. How as born again believers, you're a prisoner to sin. The Bible says who the son set free is free indeed. Who the son set free is free indeed. How are we a prisoner to sin? And the only reason why a person is a born again believer and you have the question being born again because to be born again you turn around there is a transition in the presence of God there is a transformation in the presence of the true Christ something changes 
Your taste buds changes. Your attitude changes. There is a transformation in the presence of God. But there is a war going on. And Paul was saying in Romans 7, there's a war in my members. There's a war against me. And I am. this is making me a prisoner. A prisoner to sin. And only how you could be a prisoner to sin and being enslaved to sin because you're feeding your flesh. You're feeding your flesh. And then in verse 24, he said, oh, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Because the wages of sin is death. So only a person who who is really going before the Lord, surrendering to the Lord, fasting and praying, really, really petitioning before God to create in them a clean heart and a right spirit. There should be change. There should be change. But a fool said in his heart, there is no God. A fool is saying in his heart, I can speak with my mouth. I can go to church on Sunday morning. I can go to Bible study and there's still no change in my heart. I have no intentions on being obedient. I have no intentions on worshiping. I have no intentions on surrendering. I have no intentions on doing what the Lord says I should be doing because I want to live life the way I want to live. And the truth of the matter is it just looks good on my resume being a Christian. It just looks good. And we got to be careful. We really need to be careful because just because they go to church don't make them a man or woman of God. The Bible says that we need to test the spirit. We need to test the spirit. There's a lot of men and a lot of women who go to church every morning, but in their mouth, they're confessing Jesus to be Lord. But in and with their deeds, they are denying God. You have to really spend time in the word of God that you can really um, uh, discern what is good and evil when you come when you come against another person, a person that's telling you that, you know, yeah, I love the Lord. Another person that's saying, yeah, I'm a born again believer. Another person that's telling you that they serve God. How are they serving God? You have to pay attention to what people are doing, not what they're saying. People are saying so much right now. Even Jesus was like, you say, Lord, Lord, with your mouth, but your hearts are far from me. Depart me, depart from me, for I know you not. He wasn't talking to unbelievers. He was talking to pastors. He was talking to deacons. He was talking to ministers. Why? Because they were saying, we declared in your name. We prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. But your heart was far from me. Your deeds was dirty. And I used to think, how was that possible? How can a person, you know, not have a heart for God, but still move with power and cast out demons and have authority? Because the truth of the matter is the Bible says the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. That God doesn't take back what he's given you. But what's scary with that is that there could be a person operating in power, but it's not the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can see people operating in power, but it is not the power of the Holy Spirit. Because now, just because God don't take back what he's given you, don't mean he is the one overseeing you. Doesn't mean he's the one covering you. Doesn't mean that you're being moved by the Holy Spirit of God. And if you're not being moved by the Holy Spirit, you're being moved by a different spirit, a demonic spirit. And this is why we got to be careful in the church because we don't know the heart of man. God does. And we have to spend enough time in the presence of God to be able to discern what spirit that is. Yes, you may be preaching. Yes, you may be prophesying. Yes, you may be laying on hands. Yes, you may be pulling demons out and delivering people. But at the end of the day, is this God? What spirit are you really operating under? Because there are a lot of people operating under a false Holy Spirit. 
It is not the true and living spirit of the Holy Spirit of God. Because a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That at some point they allowed greed and the cares of this world and the lifestyle to pull them away from the true and living God. And when they did that, the Bible said that God has given over, given them over to a retrobate mind. I want to read Romans one to you, starting from the 20th verse um, up to the 28th. It says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his internal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse because that. When they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible men, and to the birds, and to the four-footed beasts, and the creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness, due to the lust of their own heart, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vow affection, for their women did change the natural use into which is a against nature and likewise also the men having the nature use of the woman burned in their lust one towards another men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error which was met and even as they did not like to retain god in their knowledge god gave them over to a retrobate mind to do those things which are not convenient being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boastful, um, inventors of evil things, disobedience to parents without understanding um, covenant breakers without natural affection and placeable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things were worthy of death, not only to do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So these are the deeds. These are the deeds. They say, I confess God with my mouth, but in their deeds, they deny them. These are the deeds that will deny God. These are the needs that you're denying God in your heart. And we have to repent because at the end of the day, only we know what we do in secret. At the end of the day, only we know what we're doing behind closed doors. Only we know. And the sad part about this, when we continuously do these things, and once we're given over to a retrograde mind, he said he will give us over to it. He will give us over to these pleasures. And that, to the point where you don't even think what you're doing is wrong. That you got so comfortable in sin that fornicating and having sex before marriage doesn't make you uncomfortable. That you're so comfortable in your skin that you're okay being a murderer. You're okay debating back and forth with somebody. That you're okay whispering and talking about people and stabbing them in the back. 
That you're okay being despiteful and trying to get people back as quick as possible. That you're okay being disrespectful and being disobedient to your parents. That you're okay that you break covenants. That you'll tell somebody you'll do something and then you'll turn around and don't do it and you laugh at it. That you have gotten to that point that you just don't care. There is no love in your heart. You're only caring about yourself. You're not merciful. These are the deeds that deny God. But we're saying Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord, but our deeds are denying him. Our deeds are denying him. And we have to really go to God and say, Lord, forgive me for whatever it is that you're doing. Because a fool is saying in his heart, there is no God. My heart is full. Your heart is full. And we have to say, okay, I know what I'm full of. My mouth is full of God, but my heart is full of envy and strife. And I'm proud. I'm disobedient, I'm unmerciful, I'm unforgiving. And because you keep doing it and because we're not going to God with true repentance, true repentance, he's given us over and he's given us over to the point that we don't even think is wrong. And we, we, we say cliches like God knows my heart and I'm a work in progress. No, you just have been given over to the sin that is enslaving you. And then the problem also with that is people are struggling to understand the, the living word of God. God is spirit. And the Bible says he seek those who worship him in spirit and truth. So if the wages of sin is death, which means you're spiritually dying, how can you be spiritually dead understanding a spiritual living book? It is going to be hard for you to understand the word of God if you're spiritually dead. Spirit calls on to spirit. Spirit calls on to spirit and we have to be really repentant. We really have to be honest with God. We have to be honest with God because our heart isn't right. Our heart isn't right. Romans 8, 13, for if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. I'm going to say this again. Read, listen, family. If you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if the spirit you are putting to death, the deeds, amen. Like I was saying, what are our deeds? The deeds of the body, you will live. So when we begin to really tap into the spirit and we begin to feed our spirit man and we really go to God with true repentance, then and only then will we have, uh, uh, we will begin to live. That God will turn back. God will turn back what he said about it. He will turn back his reproach. And he will He will take back that retrobate mind. And he will begin to, you know, allow his spirit to really transform you and train you. But you have to go to him with a heart of repentance. When I read this, it really was like, wow. Wow. Because I really thought when it said that a fool said in his heart, there is no God. I really thought the unbeliever. But this is talking about men and women of so-called men and women of God. That you profess God with your mouth, but your deeds, you're saying a complete different thing. You're saying a complete different thing. And God is looking for a church without spot and without blemished. That God is not going to accept us in the state that we're in. And we have to repent. We have to repent. I mean, repent and go to God that we could be clean because people are watching. People are watching. 
People are looking at us and calling us. Look at, listen, that these people are hypocrites and are liars and their conscience are dead. People are looking at us, calling us hypocrites because we're saying one thing, but doing a complete different thing. A complete different thing. And then we have the audacity, the audacity to want God to bless us. We want God to bless us. We got to get it together. We got to get it together, family. This just like prick my heart. This prick my heart. And these are the things in our heart. These are the things that we're not letting the spirit of God purge out of us. This is why it's so important for purging. This is so important while we allow the Lord to really do what he's doing in our life. And we're not understanding the importance of our eye gates and our ear gates. There are so many openings that the enemy used to get into our spirit from the music, from the shows that we're watching, from the people that we're around. Bad company corrupts good morals. I don't care how much you love somebody. Bad company corrupt good morals. If you're trying to live right, you need to examine your company. You need to examine the circle in which you are involved in because the enemy is looking for a way to sift you like wheat and you are not even acknowledging that you have all of this going on in your heart and you thinking just because you're confessing, yes, that is something that we need to do. We receive salvation by confessing. I confess that Jesus is Lord. It was by my confession that I got salvation, but don't let that be the end of it. You need to let that word seep down to your heart and allow God to purge out all of these things that is holding us back from the true and living God, the true and living God, not the false Christ. Not the watered down scripture, the scripture Christ that, 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 that is allowing us to live in sin. That, but no, that is not the true and living God. He's holy. The Bible says, be ye holy as he is holy. Be ye holy as he is holy. So you can't be comfortable living in sin. You should not be comfortable in sin. We, there's no reason why we should be able to do something that is against God and be okay with it. Because if you are doing something right now and there is no conviction, you need to go to your heavenly father because there's a great possibility you have been given over to that delusion and to, to, to that you have been given over to a retrograde mind and you really think that what you're doing is okay. I love you, family. I love you with all of my heart. This is not judgment because I'm telling you God was dealing with me. God is dealing with me day after day after day. I am not perfect. I don't proclaim to be perfect. There is a work and progress in me with me, you know, um, attitude wise. And, you know, sometimes I could be in my feelings and many things. God is still working in my life. So I'm coming to you as a sister that is being convicted by my father right now. And I want to go to my brothers and sisters and say, hey, listen, this is what daddy is doing right now. We got to change this. We got to fix this. We got to fix this. We can't be like this. And I love you enough to share this. And I know you've heard this before, but we need, we're not hearing it enough. Yes, God is merciful and God is going to bless us. And he wants to open up the windows of heaven. But those windows are coming to someone who is living and who's living right in alignment with the Holy Spirit of God. We got to, we got to be, we got to be careful. We got to be careful, family. 
And I just want to encourage you to be more. I want you to do some inventory today. I want you to do some inventory. Whatever it is that you're doing, this is not a judgment pointing the finger. No, this is my brother, my sister, please. What are you doing? What are you doing? Please examine your heart because you don't want to get give be given over to a retrobate mind. And we can't keep frustrating the grace of God. Paul says, shall we frustrate the grace of God? God forbid. Yes, when sin is abound, grace is more abound. But it's not for you to stay in sin. For the wages of sin is death, spiritual death. And it will be hard for you to spirit. You can't grow spiritually if you're spiritually dead. When something's dead, it's dead. There's no growth. There's no maturity. There's no development. Is it possible that maybe the reasons why some so-called born-again believers are not growing is because they're spiritually dead? And why are they spiritually dead? Because they keep living in sin. And the Bible is true. I believe the word of God. I believe it to be true. Let God be true and every man a liar. The Bible says that every word, heaven and earth shall fall away before the word of God. I believe the word. And as merciful as he is, the wages of sin is spiritual death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And I don't know about you, family, but I really want life. I want life. I want freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I don't want to be a prisoner to sin. Paul said he was a prisoner. There's a war going on. But I see a different law in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Who? And this is where we need to really repent and go to God and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me for professing you with my mouth, but my heart was far from you. My heart was far from you, Lord. You took longer than I wanted you, so I kind of did it myself. You you didn't do what I thought you should have done, so I did it myself. I really don't want to wait till I get married. I want to have fun now, so... I know you said be patient, but, you know, I don't really want to be patient. I want it now, you know. I know I'm supposed to forgive because you said I need to forgive, but this person pissed me off and that they don't deserve my forgiveness. I know you said to be merciful, but don't nobody care about me. It's about me. It's all about me and mine. At the end of the day, what are you saying in your heart? What are the deeds of your heart? And if God was to put them up on an x-ray and examine your heart, what would he find in there? What would he find? What would he find? I know the areas in which God needs to work on me and I lay him at his altar. I lay him at his altar and I practice yielding it to the Holy Spirit. I practice daily, daily. The Bible says that we have to die daily to the flesh Die daily to the flesh. I die daily. Even when someone has hurt or disrespected me or even in my mind and in my, I feel that someone, it's not about what I feel. 
Like I said, I said in another message, we all in our feelings. And I know that because I'll be one all in my feelings. And God was like, okay, as, as my daughter and as my servants, you can't be in your feelings because sometimes in your feelings, you will miss opportunities to be used by God. You will miss so many opportunities being in your feelings. You will miss being a blessing in your feelings. So God is constantly working on me. Like, no, you have to yield your feelings to my altar. Give me your feelings. Lay your feelings on the altar and do what it is that I need you to do unto me, not unto your person. You're not forgiving the person for the person. So many people have done you wrong and they're moving on and doing what they want to do. They don't care. So you holding unforgiveness is poisoning to you. So everything that you do and everything we should be doing should be doing it unto God. So he'd be like, baby, do it unto me. Forget people. Yes, they did, they're not doing it for you. So what? Do it for me. Every day I have to lay it on the altar. Why? Because I'm in this flesh. We are in this flesh. There is truly a war in our members. And I'm not trying to be labeled as a fool. I am the daughter of the most high God. And I don't want to be labeled as a fool because my heart has something going on differently than what's coming out of my mouth. So I'm constantly on alert and I'm constantly looking for ways for the Lord to, to, to heal and restore every broken part of me. Because we all, you know, we all have something that needs to be changed. We all need work. We all need work. We are a work in progress, but the whole point of it is to progress. I'm a work in progress. I'm not a work in stagnate. I'm not a work in procrastinate. I'm not a work in lax and lackadaisical. No, I'm a work in progress. I have to move forward. I have to grow. I have to develop in the things of God. And my brother and sister, I'm here because I want you to progress in the things of God. I don't want you to stay in the same state. I don't want you to be a prisoner and a slave to sin. I don't want you to be spiritually dead because you're not, you're not allowing God to, to fix your heart. You're not allowing him to create in you a clean heart and a right heart. Going to church doesn't do anything. Going to church on Sunday does nothing. The enemy, the, the, the devil was able to go into the presence of God. The Bible says while the angels were worshiping him, the devil went to, was up there. And God asked him, what you doing? What you doing? What you was doing? Oh, just roaming to and fro. He don't care about you going to church. He cares about you going to church, not just being a hearer of the word, but being a doer. When you become a doer of the word, then you are a problem. But just going to church and confessing Jesus with your mouth doesn't mean nothing to the enemy. And that's how he's deceiving us because we think we have done something and we, we can check off church on our, our checklist as we did something. And there is no real work being done in our heart. There's no real work being done in our spirit. We're still living in flesh. The word is not penetrating to our heart. We're not being transformed. We're not being renewed. And we're living in sin. And we're becoming slaves of it. Living in anger, living in envy, living in deceit. No, that's not the heart of God. A fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And we profess to know God, but with our deeds, we're denying him. Being detestable and disobedient and worthless for any good deed. My brothers and my sister, I love you with agape love. I love you with agape love. And the heart of God is crying out 
that we truly repent. Repent to, to repent means to turn around. And there is a lot of people who are just saying sorry. A lot of people say sorry and don't change. But to repent, there has to be such a conviction that you do a complete 360. That you, 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 you change your circle. You change what you're watching. You change your hat. You want to change because I don't want nothing separating me from the presence of God. I do not want to be given over to a retrograde mind. I do not want to be given over to the delusion that what I'm doing is okay and it's not. So whatever, that, whatever it is that I need to do that will keep me in right standing with God. Right standing with God. How can I be in right standing with God? How can I make sure that I am not falling into traps and snares and lies of the enemy? Because the, because the Bible says that the devil knows scripture too. When he was um, tempting Jesus, what did he do? Oh, well, won't you throw yourself? Won't he give his angels charge over you? He knows the word. And he knows how to manipulate the word for you to sin. And Jesus said, no, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. The devil knows how to twist the word of God for you to fall into a trap. He does. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit to breathe afresh on us. While we need revival, the church need revival like never before because the church is falling away. The church is in sin. The church is unforgiving. The church is backbiting. The church is despiteful. The church is proudful. The church is disobedient. The church is covenant breakers. The church don't have affection and love. The church is unmerciful. It's the church. The devil don't care about unbelievers. He already got unbelievers. He want the church to be hypocrites. He want the church to be of non-effect. So I pray today that, ugh, whew, man, it's got it got my heart all all mm, 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 mm. because I know I know me, you know, I know me, like we all know ourselves, and sometimes you got to catch yourself, right? Sometimes don't you think about something? You be like, you know what, Lord, forgive me. I don't know why I thought that. Lord, Lord, Lord Jesus, help me. We, 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 we in this flesh. We in this flesh. We can't deny it. We can't change it. We are in this flesh. But he says that he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. But your mind can't be stayed on the Lord if your mind is watching television. Your mind cannot be stayed on the Lord if your mind is in pornography. Your mind cannot be stayed on the Lord if your mind is in a bar or in a club. Your mind cannot be staying in the Lord if your mind is not attentive in the things of God. If you keep feeding your flesh, we're going to keep living in sin and keep being a prisoner of sin and we won't have the peace of God. We won't have the change. We won't have the turnaround. It will be hard for people to get delivered because they have been given over to a retrobate mind. And the truth of the matter is they said the great falling away. People are falling away because why? The scripture said that they're going to accumulate. They're going to go around looking, looking for people that is going to teach them what they want to hear. I want to go to a church that's going to teach me that it is okay to sin, that God is not mad and he loved me anyhow. That's false doctrine. 
Yes, God has an antidote for sin. But he also want us and it desires for us to come up higher and cast down the flesh to decrease that the spirit of God can increase in us. But people have tickling ears and they just want to hear about prosperity and they just want to hear about blessings and they want to hear what God can do for them. Don't nobody want to hear about being holy no more. Don't nobody want to hear about being righteous. Nobody want to hear about turning the other cheek. I heard somebody said to me, I told somebody to turn the other cheek. They was like, I'm not Jesus. (laughs) I'm not laughing. I am laughing, but it's, it's not funny. We're not Jesus, but we are made in his image. And he showed the example that we can really do all things that Christ did if we yield to the Holy Spirit. But we don't want to yield because we're too prideful. Pride will have you not turn the other cheek. Pride will have you thinking that you have to vindicate yourself when the Bible says in Exodus 14 that the battle is not yours. The battle is God. Be still and watch the salvation of the Lord. Pride will say, I will exalt myself. Pride says that I'm going to get them back. Pride says I'm going to scheme. I'm going to set up a trap for them because God is not going to do it the way I want him to do it. It made me think about Jonah. The whole reason why Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh because he knew, he told God, I knew you was forgiven. I knew you was merciful. I knew you was kind. Jonah wanted that and he wanted Nineveh to be destroyed. He was mad. And it's a lot of Jonah's out here. They don't want to see God blessing nobody. They don't want to see God's mercy on somebody. They really plotting and looking for ways to destroy people. That was Jonah. And God had to give him a... Sorry, sorry, family. My phone rung. And unfortunately, every time my phone rings, it will cut the recording off. So like I was saying, that was the heart of Jonah. Jonah wanted Nineveh to be destroyed because how they were as a people, as a nation. And we got to be careful with having that heart. And God had to give um, Jonah this parable where it was very hot. And the Bible says that God allowed a, a tree to be planted and give him shade. But then the next day he sent a worm to destroy it. And Jonah got mad and was like, why did you destroy my tree? And God was saying, you have more compassion for the tree than you have for all of these people. And we have to have a heart of compassion. Where is the mercy? We should not be trying to get back at people. Let God deal with people. That is not our responsibility. He said, above all, love the Lord thy God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. That is the greatest commandment. And we got to get to a place that we are truly loving beyond our own capacity. It's not about us. It's not about what they did. It's not about how many times they did it. It's about being obedient to the word of God. It's about being true to the God we say that we serve. That is what it's really all about. So I encourage you today to go before your Lord. If you're hearing this and the Holy Spirit has convicted you, good. (laughs) Jesus said, I'm glad that you're sorry. Not that you're sorry, but that your sorrow brought you to repentance. God want us to turn around. He don't want us to be in the same state. He definitely don't want us getting to a place that he has to give us over to the delusions that we're doing just fine. We're not fine. We're not doing right. We're not loving right. We're not giving right. You and only you know what's going on in your heart. 
Only you know that. I don't know. I know what's going on in my heart and I'm repenting. Amen. I am repenting. Lord, forgive me for those thoughts. Lord, forgive me for meditating on the wrong thing. Lord, I know what's in my heart. And I know that there is a war in my members, but if I don't feed my spirit, I'm going to always feed the flesh and I'm going to live in sin and be a prisoner to that sin. But the freedom comes when you feed the spirit. The wisdom come when you feed the spirit. The knowledge come when you feed the spirit. The understanding come when you feed the spirit. We have to feed our spirit, man. That's why Jesus said those who thirst and hunger for righteousness shall be filled. When you begin to thirst and hunger after the things of God, you will strengthen your spirit, man. But if you're only thirsty for the things of the world, you're only going to feed your flesh and you're only going to be more enslaved and you're only going to be a prisoner to sin. And there will be no change. There will be no turnaround. And you're going to be in the same position you was every year. My desire is to be a better person spiritually, not earthly. Because if I can mature in the spirit, I'm going to, I'm going to mature in the things of the, of the earth. I'm going to walk accordingly. I'm going to love right. I'm going to do right. But I have to get my heart right with God first. I have to get my heart right with God first. Jesus said, how can you hate your brother that you see, but love of God, you can't. We got to get our heart right. We got to get our heart right. This is what God is saying. How are you saying you love me, but you mad? You mad. No. We got to get it together, family. A fool said in his heart, there is no God. I don't want to be a fool. I don't want to be a fool. And I don't want to be confessing with my mouth, but denying God with my deeds. And I don't want to be given over to a retrobate mind. And I don't want you either. I don't want you either. So I am sharing this with you. I pray that you take this word and take it serious. Take it serious, family. Don't just let it be just another podcast. Don't just let it be just another word that you heard. Just another word. Please don't. I I come against tickling ears in the name of Jesus. I come against and I renounce and I denounce every spirit that will cause you to have tickling ears because we need to arise in the spirit. We need to arise. We need to come up higher in the name of Jesus so I come against every tickling ear that would hinder you from having an ear to hear what the spirit of God is saying to you today that you need to check your heart that you need to check your heart and get on one accord with God you need to check what you're saying and seeing is it aligned with what's going on in your heart because it may look good to people but it don't look good to God and only you know what you're dealing with only you know what you're going through only you know what you're thinking about only you know what you're doing in secret only you know Only you know, well, you and God, (laughs) only you and God, you can't hide nothing from God. He sees all things. The Bible says what is done in the dark will be exposed. Eventually it will be exposed. Do you not know if you keep doing things in secret? What did he say? What you do secretly, I will reward you openly. That goes both ways negatively. If you keep sinning and you keep lying and you keep being disobedient, I'm going to expose you for the hypocrite that you are. I'm going to expose you for the liar that you are. I'm going to expose you. Depart from me for I know you not. Says the word of God. So please, please, please take this serious family. I beckon with you as I pray with you, as I pray for each and every one of you. 
Please, please, please let this not just go in one ear and out the other. But let the Spirit of God really check you. Let the Spirit of God convict you to repentance. True repentance. Amen. True. True repentance. Not false repentance. True repentance. Really ask God to come in and dwell and changes and do transformations and shifts and align you correctly. Ask and cry out for the Lord to cause you to come into divine order. We need it as the body of Christ. We need it for everyday living. This is so important. This is so important because Jesus is truly coming back, family. And I know people say I've heard this so many different times, but that's why I feel it more. The more he's coming, the more. And I love saying that because he may not crack open the sky tomorrow. But we don't know when we're going to take our last breath. So the twinkle in the eye may not be him ascending, descending down on heaven and the whole world get to see and every knee will bow. But that twinkle can come with a drive by, a car accident, a heart attack. That twinkle in the eye can come at any given time and we will be standing before our Savior. And what are we going to say to him? Are we going to hear Come in, well done, my good and faithful servant. Or will he say, depart from me, for I know you not. That is something to think about. That is something to think about, and that is something to get right with. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to hear depart from me. I want to be in the presence of God. I want to be in the presence of God. I want to walk the streets of gold. I I want my eyes to behold the new Jerusalem. I want to see it all. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. I want my mansion. (laughs) I do. So I got to get it right now. I got to get it right now. So I pray with you, family. And I encourage you to really go before your father. Really repent and ask for his spirit to come in. To wash you with the word. Wash you with the blood. Wash your mind so your mind will be the mind of Christ. And that your deeds will be the deeds of Christ. He said, you will know them by their deeds. You will know them by the fruit that they bear. And you want good fruit, amen? I love you, and I pray you have an amazing Saturday, and I pray you really let this word soak in you. Whether you hear it today, whether you hear it tomorrow, whether you hear it Monday, whenever you hear this, please let this word wash you. Let this word cleanse you. Let this word bring you on your knees before your heavenly Father, that you will be right with him. Don't let this just be another word that you heard, because family, our heart isn't right, and we know it. We know it. We know it. Our heart ain't right. And we need a clean heart and a right spirit for for God. We need God to create in us, uh, uh, remove the stony heart and give us a heart of flesh, one that beats and bleeds for him. Amen. Amen. I'll talk to you soon, family. I love you. Bye bye. Real quick before I go, family, I love giving you guys scriptures. I want to give you 2 Corinthians 7, 9 and 10. And it says, I now rejoice that ye were made sorry, but that your sorrow to repentance for ye were made sorry after the godly manner that ye might receive damage by us in nothing for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. See, anybody could say sorry, but a godly sorrow, true sorrow, a, a person who has a heart to truly repent to God, it worketh repentance unto salvation. And I wanted to give you that because we really need to go to God with a godly sorrow, not to just say sorry. You need to let the Holy Spirit really convict you that your conviction will turn into true repentance 
unto salvation unto God. Amen. In Jesus name. I love you. Bye.